Hello, everybody, and welcome to an extra special, extra new, extra episode 76 installment of Press YZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can catch the show weekly on youtube.com slash PressYZ, live on twitch.tv slash PressYZ, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or on your own time on your podcast service of choice. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I'm joined today by a motley crew of courageous, pirate-like individuals. But before we get started, a reminder, as always, that we here at Prosperity stand against discrimination of any kind. While we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there is no better way to support us than by being excellent to each other. First things first, we are joined today by a guest, a returning guest who has appeared on episodes of Press YZ in eons past. It is the one, the only, Patrick the Law Morris. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Welcome hello, back. hello, hello. Very excited to have you on the show today. Uh, secondly, we are joined once again by Pressfizy's favorite pirate-like individual who has now sailed the seven seas and has many a tale to regale to us uh, from his experiences there. None other than Nathan McInerney, aka the underscore NMAC on Twitter. Yar! I just got back from sailing the ocean blue. Found Jack oh, Sparrow. Boy. Oh boy, Yarr. maybe I shouldn't have... Maybe I shouldn't have introduced you that way. Uh, and finally, uh, we have uh, the man whose head is in the clouds. I think. Yes, that's correct. Sorry, we have all these little like catchphrase, like name introductory phrases for each of our member of the crew. And sometimes I get confused as to who's who. Thankfully, I didn't call you the film baby because that's none other than Alex Ballard, yeah, who's on a bit of a sabbatical, but it'll be back soon. That's the other Alex. Uh, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the other Alex of the three Alexes. It's uh, none other than AJ Fraser. I I don't know if I can uh, anything tonight will top uh, what Nathan just did for for the show. Um, so I th I think I think we almost now just exit. This is it. We finally done it. I mean, we good saw show, guys. Let's let's yep. pack uh, it in. Did I ruin the show? Have... Uh, I wouldn't say you ruined it ruined it or made it and then we just we we're calling we cannot, it a day because we you did do such a good that job at this point oh yes all right, all right. I, I mean we still have a lot we of pirate early. talk we have a lot of pirate talk to come in the future so you never know nathan might have more piratisms within him that are just waiting to be unearthed and discovered you know like a buried treasure at the bottom of the sea uh my name is of course alexander kazina as stated earlier i will be your captain for this evening uh but before i fully take command of the wheel of this rickety old ship uh, i need to throw to nathan for just a quick second for a bit of housekeeping uh nathan normally you stream on twitch.tv slash on thursdays or fridays uh, however, this week you will not be streaming on either day on account of the fact that you were streaming Sea of Thieves yesterday, correct? Yeah, um, I think I mentioned this last week, but my family was gone for like a week and a half. Uh, my wife and my kids went up to my in-laws, so they're back now. So I streamed yesterday so I could spend some family time. Um, but yeah, no, we had some fun streaming Sea of Thieves. We got through the first chapter of the Pirate's Life DLC featuring Jack Sparrow. Um, I should probably actually watch these Pirates of the Caribbean movies at some points because I have not. Um, yeah. and I th Wait, think you've never seen those movies. Never once. Um, wow. 
First three are great. <laughs> That's what I hear. I hear they, it's a law of diminishing returns and the first ones are better than the other ones. Um, unlike like the Fast and the Furious trilogy. Mm. Mm, Bumblebee was the best Transformers movie and it was like one of the last ones. Yeah, well, I mean, that was also yeah. a prequel, right? True. It's well, um, uh, it's a recon Bumblebee quote. had John Cena in uh, it. Uh, so uh, like, let's just... Yeah, it's, it's a retcon quote. It, it takes place before the... Uh, other movies but it also retcons some things so it's sort of its own continuity so but yeah we yeah. had some fun we sailed the open seas with my double telescopes and we had to shoot our cannons at a few things so you know if you hold up those two telescopes to your eyes you can actually see zoomed in in 3d that's how it works actually really huh oh yeah i'm gonna spend the rest of the episode like that I'm lying. Oh, uh, do you think because these are? Gross. I think you went to college yeah. for that. There we go. My kids. These are my kids, and they look gross inside of them. What are they doing with them? Ooh. However, them that, probably. <laughs> here's the thing, Nathan. That's not the only exciting uh, stream, other than this episode of Press YZ that you're uh, going to be appearing on this week, because. After this episode of Press Wisey, you are going to be getting down with some trivia shenanigans with fellow co-host Mr. Mitch George, correct? Yes. Uh, Mitch is a coward. I'm just going to put that out here. Damn. That's why he's not in the stream today. Um, he is scared of losing to me in trivia and has decided to distance himself from me. Uh, we're going to be going on Jacob McCourt's um, video game trivia podcast, VGT, uh, when this is done. Uh, and we're going to, I believe, try and rate it directly. I might pop out a few minutes early so we can get prepared for that. But uh, I'm going to beat Mitch like, no. Can't say things like that anymore. I'm just going to beat Mitch. So really sure. badly. Um, and yeah, he's going to be feeling pain like I felt when I went running the other day. So. <laughs> so a lot yeah. of pain. Yeah. If you're if you're in similar shape to me, that's really bad. Yeah, I, 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 I did 12K and I was really, really sore. So. Oh, so you're not in similar shape to me. You're in much better shape than I am. <laughs> not to rub it in. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. First, first he kills the podcast. Then he insults our guests. I, I, I can't believe it. I might what just the? have to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with our housekeeping out of the way, let's get into the episode proper. AJ. Hi. On many prior episodes of Press YZ over the yeah. course of the past few months, uh, you have provided many a Halo update. I did. Let's start off with your latest Halo update. Yeah, so over the weekend, I completed Halo 3 again. Not, not It's been a while since I've done that. Um, probably not since... It's probably been about 10 years or so since I've played Halo 3. Um, and uh, my, my adventure through the Master Chief Collection... Um, as inspired by the upcoming release of Halo Infinite. Um, I, I'm going in release order. So now I am up to Halo 3 ODST. And uh, it's it's magical, that, that, that little game there. Um, yeah, uh, you know, you, you've, heard, you've heard myself and, like, Alex Ballant, you know, kind of gush about Halo in general. Um, and uh, ODST is no exception. It was the, it was kind of, 
it, it was experimental at the time in that uh, in the the time it came out which was 2009 i believe and you could tell that there was a lot of they were they were practicing for what would eventually become destiny um in terms of hmm. some more open world areas that are just slightly sectioned off by other doors and and whatnot trying to to hmm positioning like where where the ai is going to be and the enemies and whatnot uh when you really think about it um but then like just like the storytelling perspective uh of odst is is super fascinating um just just in how it you know you you you're, you play as an ODST, you drop onto uh, New Mombasa just after the slipspace rupture in the middle of Halo 2, um, and uh, you are uncovering, you know, not only things that I didn't really pay attention to 10 years ago, um, like, I knew that, you know, in, in Halo 2 and Halo 3, the Brutes uh, kind of betray the Elites, kind of behind their back but it never really sunk in and then to have this game you know you stumble upon you don't fight any elites but you stumble upon dead ones and you know that you know it looks like they've been uh, mangled by a by a brute and it, it's pretty just just how much detail there is in, and and how much lore that i actually care about in in these games uh you know just continues to to make me happy so mm. um ods odst o is very odst was go ahead uh, odst was really rich because it was like it was the you're you're definitely right it was them like experimenting for what would eventually become destiny and that's evidenced immediately yeah. in new new Mombasa, like that that very first uh level but then like ODST is really interesting from a lore perspective because it kind of breaks away from that difficulty that Star Wars has of like, because Star Wars has conditioned us for like, I don't know, 40, 50 years to almost 50 years to, to believe that like, if there is not a Skywalker mm -hmm. involved, then it doesn't really have any stakes as far as like really impacting the galaxy but Halo is not that way. Halo is much more like Star Trek, where it's a, it's a very interesting universe that's populated with characters. And ODST was kind of the first taste out, I mean, in video games, in the mainstream media, because obviously you had the books as well. But like ODST was the first taste of like, okay, this this isn't like revolving around the Master Chief. And it's still a very high stakes, very... um high impact uh yeah. situation yeah ab absolutely and um you know ju just speaking of like like how it was practiced for um for for what would become destiny in, in some aspects they were trying to teach themselves how to how to do certain things um playing through so i don't know if you share the same opinion but um I think I think there is a slim chance that a Halo Battle Royale could work. But the best way to make that happen is with ODSTs. It's it's right there. So uh, yeah. imagine 
a hundred ODSTs mm. are dropping onto New Mombasa or something. I mean, right? they literally have drop in their name. Exactly. It's kind of like like they were basically <laughs> yeah. meant for it. Exactly. It, like I, I'm looking the ten years later, and with the advent of uh, uh, battle royales and whatnot, um, now I'm looking back on ODST and just like, man, like oh, there, there's so many different battle grounds, if you will, on this map that would be spectacular to fight a hundred other people in. Like it's very, it's. It's still Halo in that it's very tight corridor streets, but also there's there's a lot of verticality. There's um you know and, and still a lot of distance and everything is like kind of segmented off in different parts of the city and like technically like at a at a certain point the Covenant come in and they start glassing the entire region uh, because of the events of Halo Three where where the um flood infested uh covenant carrier crash lands onto earth and the only way to destroy the flood is you got to destroy every spore available right. right um so in in whether it be Fortnite's storm or or the the circle or whatever you could it could be a covenant yeah. cruiser glassing new mombasa and you have to get to a certain point for evac after yeah. dropping in and or something like there, there's ways to kind of like lore wise, lore wise it's, it's, all it's all there, there. yeah um, yeah like the the odsts drop in and i mean there's there's even like those uh weapons weapons drops yep. that you get in halo 2 um and then also like there you could you could also justify something through like i i don't know like uh there's there's covenant um weapon drops in those um god those pods that i think i can't remember if they were in halo 3 or not it's been a while for me but yeah no i i actually i've always been kind of opposed to the idea of a halo battle royale but what you're saying makes sense as far as like lore wise it all makes sense it's all already there hmm. uh-oh can, can y'all still talk yeah oh did um, I have my mic? Muted? I oh, there we go. I had my mic. Yeah, muted. it would appear just, that just you briefly had your mic muted. Whoops! Sorry, AJ. No, no, no that I I pushed the button. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the um, I totally lost what I was going to say because I had said it and then it left my head and none of you heard it. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there there was a slim chance, very slim chance that they could be successful with a with a battle royale and i i feel like that's one of the only ways they can do it um even like i was watching a, a video earlier on like just the multiplayer maps and how they're designed uh in in all of halo um in 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 that there are, there are three ways you can you can kill an enemy and that's with a weapon, with melee, or with grenades, right? Um, and an arena-type shooter is basically a battle royale map. It's just not all completely randomized, typically, right? But, you know, Halo's got custom game types, like a Fiesta mode or whatever, where that is a, a possibility to randomize 
uh, drops and weapons and whatnot. Yeah. And you could even mix in a little bit of Warzone and Warzone as in Halo Warzone from Halo 5, um, where yeah. it's it's you versus the other humans, but you're also fighting uh, alien AI in there as well, right? And hmm. so, I don't know, something something like that. There, There's something there. I hope they... I What have they got to lose, really? I hope they go for it one day. It doesn't have to be like get Halo Infinite out and good first, and then maybe consider it. Yeah. Later, but yeah, yeah. And I, I was gonna say as you were talking, I was I was thinking like, I'm I'm glad that it seems like Bonnie Ross is like hyper focused on let's make Halo Arena like let's make Halo multiplayer the arena shooter to yeah. to beat again. And then, and so, like, I like that they're narrowing their focus to that. Um, and especially with Apex is doing as well as it is. It's like, become the arena shooter to beat again, and then yes. maybe broaden that focus and, and try and take on EA and and And, and with Infinite, they've already said that they're, uh, for big team battle and stuff, they've already, they're going to be doubling the, the player count for that already. So they're already kind of expanding it. They're already kind of going that direction yeah what's stopping them in a year from now expanding it again and then you know what like once it's proven yeah. successful as is right yeah and and they've they've been very clear about like their intentions with halo i don't know if you heard uh like maybe a couple weeks ago phil spencer was saying how like halo infinite really isn't make or break for the halo yeah. franchise it's just gonna be you know, in 10 years, we're still going to have Halo. And so, um, so no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that it's lore wise, it all makes sense. And it's something that they could grow into for sure. That's my Halo update. Uh, <laughs> cool. Patrick, I want to throw to you for you to talk about an adventure that you have been having within the stars as well, because you have been playing a little bit of Mass Effect Andromeda as of late, and I'm Why? very curious to see how you've been enjoying it. <laughs> Is that the good or one? if yep. you've been enjoying it. Yeah, Nathan, that's a good one. It's not the good one. Um, so I, I, I should preface this with, I had never played the Mass Effect trilogy before Legendary Edition. Okay. Hmm. And I, I binged the entire trilogy in like five weeks and you wanted oh, wow. more and oh my god it's so good <laughs> i i needed more so now i'm playing andromeda and like honestly i'm enjoying andromeda because of how much i love mass effect but it's mm. like i after mass effect 3 it was like i need more mass effect so i downloaded andromeda and i went and downloaded uh revelation so like I'm playing Andromeda, which is like 600 years in the future. And then I'm also reading Revelation, which is like 20 years prior to Mass Effect 1. And I'm just like, I, I if I could inject Mass Effect into my into my veins at this point, I would. Um, it's probably and, not and like for you. I'm eh, my wife would probably agree with you, but <laughs> I would tell her to go kick rocks. <laughs> but like it's I don't know, I'm. I'm enjoying Mass Effect so much that I am enjoying Andromeda. And I think that Andromeda conceptually 
is a really good idea. Um, I'm not very far into it. I'm like seven or eight hours in at this point. Uh, but it conceptually, it's a really amazing idea, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out, I guess. I mean, Uh, obviously, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda was penned a lot uh, at its release for its weird technical glitches, gameplay that didn't fully come together. But I do know that following its release, Bioware did put in hours to kind of improve that experience. Like playing the game, does it feel like a solid but not amazing experience? Can you tell that like, okay, there are a lot of creases here and there that were um, kind of smoothed over, or was it not even apparent that there were creases to begin with? Uh, that's a really, really good way to put it. I can tell that there were creases that that they smoothed over. I can tell mm-hmm. that like it used to be an ugly game that is now a fairly pretty game that, that runs okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's like some of the animations are still pretty wonky. Uh, the like the running animation in particular, if you if you run left, right, left, right, left, right, you know, your running animation gets goof like pretty goofy, but not as goofy as it used to. From what I've seen, um, I have no idea why they designed the like the default Sarah Ryder face the way they did. She doesn't look human. And I was able to, like, design a much more realistic looking sarah Ryder, um so so that's really good i feel like i improved upon that and the, the character creator in mass effect andromeda is honestly really great and i don't think that they really made any major changes um but to answer your question it's it it's it it's good but it doesn't but but i can see the creases hmm yeah i uh i, I myself purchased mass effect andromeda i want to say like maybe like three four years ago uh because it was conveniently discounted at an eb games here in canada and i'd been meaning to get to it for a little while because you know i'm kind of in the same position as you where i love mass effect as well and like i'm totally down to play a lesser mass effect experience because i know that i'll still be able to glean and enjoy uh parts of it regardless um but i never really kind of got around to it and i suspect uh, i i still need to complete my legendary edition playthrough of mass effect 2 and 3 after those games are off the docket i'll probably try and find some room for andromeda but it's not it, it's not a game that's like particularly high on my list of priorities atm uh what platform are you playing uh legendary on uh i'm playing it on my playstation 4 uh, technically my playstation 5 okay and then uh what um what platform do you have andromeda on uh playstation 4 okay so i went some i would say one of the roughest parts of playing andromeda directly after and this isn't the fault of the game um but one of the roughest parts was going from uh because i played i played legendary edition on series x and so going from um 120 frames per second at 1440p to 30 frames per second at 1080 has been rough. (laughs) But seven hours in, I'm getting used to it. Yeah, I mean, what is... Go ahead, AJ. No, I was just going to say, like, it's funny how, like, years ago, we a lot of us probably would have been like, oh, you... 
you know, you can only see the 24 and a half frames per second. Like, who cares? And mm-hmm. yeah. now we're all just the biggest friggin' snobs for that because we've been spoiled by it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, la- this time last year, 30 frames per second was like, eh, it looks fine. Yep. And now it's like, oh, mm-hmm. God. Going back to Switch games is a problem right now for me. <laughs> when I play Switch yeah. games, and yeah, and when I play older games, um, Platinum in uh, uh, WWE... Um, 2K20 was oh, okay. uh, at 30 FPS was a nightmare this year. Um, I did it right uh, before WrestleMania. I platinumed it. Yeah. So, oh, well, I mean, that's just a wow. right passage that <laughs> I needed yeah, a wrestling got, game and it was on it. sale. Every and I want to see how bad it was. Mm-hmm. So I've heard it's pretty bad. It was actually not as bad, probably because of oh, really? patches and stuff. Still not great. Oh, that's it good. wasn't good. But it wasn't the. But it's good that it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like set your PlayStation Five on fire. Terrible. <laughs> I only had one really terrible view glitch, and I wish I had more because actually that's what I was kind of hoping I'd see. <laughs> Before we move on, I do want to know, like, what would you say is like the single biggest selling point to get someone into Mass Effect Andromeda? What's like the single best thing that the game does that's like oh okay sounds interesting might as well give this a shot um oh actually you know what this relates perfectly to i i dropped an image in the um oh in the doc and this relates perfectly to the like what gets what really hooked me you gotta you gotta make it to drac so drac is this krogan um, that's 1400 years old mm. and like Krogan, uh, like lore wise Krogan, we don't really know how old Krogan lived to be the way that they just, w- what I read online is that like they theoretically can live indefinitely, but because they have such a warlike R- lifestyle, right. nobody lives forever. They just die. A, yeah, exactly. They just die a warrior's death. Um, and, and like, I would say the biggest things in the original Mass Effect trilogy for me were like the characters, right? So like Garrus, he's, he's the number one. He's, he's the best boy. Um, but you know, so many of the characters in the original trilogy were so great. And so you have to get to Drac. And then once you get to Drac, it really, uh, picks up and it's, it's really awesome. And so I got this email from Drac today and I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it says, Vetra told me what happened to your dad. I've lost a lot of people over the years. Figured you could use some cheering up or at least a distraction. This usually helps me. And then in parentheses, Drac has attached 37 images of various rifles and shotguns. Two are duplicate images. Many are low res or watermarked. Drac. Hell yeah. And like, is it Drac is a character that is on par with like the A tier characters of the original trilogy. And I just. Once you get to Drac, you're like, okay, I'm going to roll Drac and Vetra. It'll be very reminiscent of, like, all through Mass Effect 1, I rolled uh, Rex and Garrus, and it's... He's a great character. And then he also, like, his past with Vetra really opens up Vetra and makes her much more interesting. Hmm. So once you get to Drac, the characters get good. Cool. All right. Well, I'll definitely keep that in mind for the future. Nathan... 
I Go. want you to summon the spirit of the pirate that is resting deep within you, and I want you to bring it bubbling back to the surface because I want to ask you a little bit more about your time sailing the open seas in Sea of Thieves. Okay, give me two seconds. He's putting right. a One, weird sock I didn't, thing two. I didn't even see him right, take Nathan. it off. Nathan, there. two seconds are up. You must do it in, okay. all in, in the perfect accent, the entire description that you're about to give. Go. No, I, I'm going to pull an audible. You don't have to do that. I'm yeah, audible. You are audible. <laughs> Mitch, Kyle, and Court and I, we sailed the open seas as we were going through. We went and we set sail to find stuff, and we got on a boat, and we did boat stuff. I was on the wheel, and I crashed into me rocks. And had to guide everything around. It was quite the catastrophe. But eventually we ended up on a ghost ship. And in that ghost ship, we found the most terrifying pirate at all. Captain Jack Sparrow. And the ghosts warned us. They said, don't let him free. Bad things will happen. And we didn't listen. And then bad things happened as we were boarded and attacked by other ships. So we made it through, though. We sunk those ships, but then Jack disappeared. And then the chapter finished. And we're going to do more later. All right. My voice is dying. Okay. Did, did I do good enough? Perfect. You yeah, that's it. fine. Cozy's very right. happy. With a minus. That. I oh, can yes. tell. 100%. Yep. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So Sea Thieves, very interesting game. Um, I did the tutorial the night before because I had not played any of it. Um, and it's very basic in a lot of its ways. Like, there, like it feels like there are different weapons and stuff, but you get your kind of main things uh, in the game. Like, you have access to a shovel, a lantern, a compass. Um, now, I can't speak for the main hub game because I think that's a lot more open form. It is. Um, I, I can yeah, speak to the, uh, to the main. I can speak to the main game as it was at launch, which, as I understand, not the main core of it has not changed much but yeah so um yeah but the this pirate's life is very like it's very platformy um more focused on story um and guiding you around there's like some puzzles you have to solve you get a you have to like knock this skeleton's head down um and then it uses as a key and you go into multiple places um so yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. Um, I think we're gonna try and continue to finish off this Pirates Life DLC on stream, or not on stream. I don't know. I think we're gonna try and do it on stream, and we'll have the trilogy and just focus on a chapter because yeah, apparently there's like five chapters, and we went for about an hour and a half ish on this first chapter. So, um, yeah. so it's it's a pretty good uh pretty good amount mm -hmm. of content. Yeah, for a free drop because uh, it doesn't cost any money either. Not a bad. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, it's it's not a bad little uh, package. It's just built into Game Pass, like or built into the game. There was no additional charge for it. So, yeah, it's not a bad little um, ditty of a uh, game, and I can understand the appeal in it. Uh, Kyle and Court, as they are the experts in uh, Court, uh, by the way, I should shout out is on the Three Dads in a Console podcast. So he joined us on our mission. Um, and he's had a little more time. Kyle had a lot of time invested uh, into it, but Mitch and I were still kind of new. 
Um, Mitch drank drank way too much grog mm-hmm. and started vomiting. As you do. Um, <laughs> oh no! Over everything in the game or in real life? Yes. No, in the game. Yes. Okay. Kyle then told us that if we vomited too much, we could actually vomit into a bucket, and then we could throw our vomit at yes. people. Um, which I tried to throw it at Mitch, and he decided to jump off the ship instead of um, getting vomit thrown at him. Uh, unfortunately, he drowned and had mermaid head mermaid had to bring him back to the ship because he could not get back on so i can see the fun that you could just have going out and sailing i'm curious to finish this dlc but to jump in and do a little more of the uh um like just sort of the base the base content because i think this is a good introduction to the game and to the systems and such and this maybe would have been better if they had something like this more at launch than their free open form yeah and then you can go into the free open form once you understand like more about the game so really interesting um yeah uh, really interesting thing oh also you can pick up that cat and when you pet it with using the r2 button your controller vibrates as it's purring oh wow that's kyle's Ooh. cat he apparently paid for that it's some sort of paid dlc um and it follows him around yeah, pro- it- tj was in the chat and tro- told me to try and throw the cat over the side of the ship and i tried and it wouldn't let you do it oh lame Aww. so uh, this was a little annoying because this head looks like it's supposed to go on to the skeleton body. Um, yeah. And it does, but at a later point. It has to go on to oh, a different okay. skeleton body earlier. Okay. Uh, in a different place. So I, it's not perfect. Like, I, I don't love that fact that that's available and that looks like it's the solution and we couldn't get that to work and the solution was elsewhere. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's fair. So, and then that was right, but later in the game, like it should have been a way to hide that or not have that. Oh, did we lose somebody? I heard a noise. Yep. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hold on just a quick second. Oh. Oh, sorry, guys. I got disconnected for a second. No problem. It's all good. It's all okay. Put your camera back on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Not a problem. So sorry about that, guys. So yeah, good time. Definitely recommend people give it a shot if you've been curious about Sea of Thieves. It seems to be having a bit of a resurgence right now with this DLC. Um, and as somebody who is brand new into the Xbox ecosystem, seems like a good uh, jumping on point for people. Mm-hmm. So cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's it's a really cool like like you said, someone who's new in Xbox. It's a really cool game to just like. I want to play something. I don't have anything to play. I'll just play Sea of Thieves. Like, I'll just hop on with my buddies, play some Sea of Thieves. That's what I think that game is just perfect for. Yeah. Um, Mitch suggested that we do an episode of the podcast in Sea of Thieves. And I'm really curious to see what that would look like and how we'd make that work. Yeah. I, I really love that idea, too. I want to see it come to fruition. What I'm wondering, though, is like, because, you know, in Sea of Thieves, you can have random encounters with either pirate mm-hmm. crews. Like, I feel like the challenge there would be making sure that we constantly have a podcast going the entire way through and that there's no moments where the game overtakes us and we're like, oh, hold on a sec, guys. We need to stop podcasting and focus on whatever shit we've gotten ourselves into. Well, I think that's. Uh, I think but, that'll be the fun of it, though. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but it's, it's like the disaster or the garbage truck on fire. Can we not keep it on fire? Hmm. Also, could we just set up shop on an island? I mean, we could. I guess but we like, could do that. It should be a traveling podcast, oh, like yeah, on a, a boat, right? Because that's kind of the point. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, 
the balance between we just do like there's trying to trying to stay focused and also trying yeah to we could are there servers where you can't get attacked no no okay just curious yeah well i'm definitely interested at some point in joining y'all in sea of thieves uh in the meantime however i've been playing uh, another game that was developed by Rare many, many moons ago, and that game is Donkey Kong 64. Um, I've been playing the game for a couple of weeks now, and the game, while still not something that I absolutely adore, does continue to get better and better. Uh, I've, by this point, pretty much fully acclimatized myself to the unique way in which it plays, and I've come to the conclusion that the game is you know, all things considered, I think a better product than the sum of its parts for all its, you know, technical issues for its excessive amount of collectathons for its, you know, annoying bits for its weird save system. The game is honestly a lot of fun. And I think I'm, I, I have faith that I probably will continue to enjoy it the rest of the way through. Uh, it's certainly not my favorite rare game, uh, but I it has grown on me enough to that I can say that it is an experience that I'm not regretting playing through right now. Do you know the Donkey Kong rap yet? I mean, I've the watched it a couple of times. Rap. I've can watched you do it, it on stream willingly yet? a couple of times. No, I can't do it on stream just yet. But yeah, there will be a couple of times where I'll boot up my Wii U and just listen to the rap because it's only a couple minutes long. Uh, but I don't have not yet memorized it. It's. Yeah, so you mentioned the collectathon uh, aspect of it, and yeah. that's really what what keeps me. I mean, I'm a huge Donkey Kong fan. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me from going back to DK64. Is just like there are there is just so much backtracking for the sake of collecting different colored bananas that mm. it. I I feel like it's a matter of like it was nine. It was, was it 1999 1999 I think it was 1999 yeah and like you know sure it was 99 that's fine but at this point it's like if a game were to do that now I would say oh well this game has no respect for my time and that's I mean that's kind of why I don't yeah. go back to that game that's fair but it's a great yeah. game it's really fun I mean, it's definitely the the 3D platformer that jumped the shark in that regard. Um, you know, for me personally, like it will, I'll see how I feel when I get to the end of the game. I have no intention of getting every single collectible in the game. I'll get as many as I need to see Donkey Kong and his crew uh, to the end of their journey and beat King K. Rule for the upteenth time. But like, I, I'm not going in this with the intention of getting that. 114% or whatever you need to get in that game to fully platinum complete it. Yeah. I mean, even even that intention, which, by the way, I've never done that, but even the intention, even trying to do that, kind of sours the game. Speaking of Nintendo 64 era platformers, AJ, you wanted to talk a little bit uh, about a news story that I'm certain that all of us uh, caught wind of, which is that Apparently, a very high quality sealed copy of Super Mario 64 recently sold for $1.5 million uh, as part of an online auction. Yeah. Um, how much would you guys pay for a old video game? 
Depends upon the video game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I... for me, for me, a thousand dollars would be my like limit, basically. What game would would that be? It would have to be like I mean, one, it would have to be like a franchise that's very near and dear to me. You know what? I love Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, the Game Boy Advance game. And that game came packaged with like playing cards that you just can't get anymore because they're like paper and nobody held on to them. If 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 somebody was selling me a copy of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advance with like the playing cards preserved, I would consider dropping a lot of money on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's um But again, no more than a thousand dollars. That I would consider spending one point five million dollars. <laughs> on on that specifically. <laughs> you on a user. You should have you should have bid. Yeah, exactly. I should have? Yeah. If, if that's your budget. Um I I I think a thousand dollars is kind of a like for the game. I it, for me I think it would pers like it would have to be uh, like factory sealed copy of uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 or Majora's mm-hmm. Mask. Um, and like it, I, you guys see these canvases behind me, the two mm-hmm. there's Donkey Kong Country 2 and up there is Majora's Mask. And so like the two that you don't see are those two. Um, those are my number one and two favorite games of all time. I. But like also. I don't know. I mean, I'll I regularly like I'm I'm willing to spend more than $60 on an old game pretty regularly. So like just the other day I paid uh $80 with shipping for a copy of Super Mario Strikers. Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um yeah, so I it's fascinating to me because um there's some controversy about around this this one specifically, and that's kind of why I find it interesting. Because um, eventually and inevitably, old games were going to get this expensive, right? Especially when they receive a Wata Games 9.8 rating. You know, it mm. has... it. You know, it's got to be in very good condition in order to receive that. Um, yeah. And so... That this has to be a bit of a a bit of a is this is it are they money laundering are they trying to what what <laughs> what happened did did everybody who bet big earlier in the year on GameStop now just want to spend that money in ridiculous ways and try and turn it find other ways to turn it into bigger money by artificially inflating the price of some of these old games somehow, because the previous record only happened like days prior. Um, and that was a sealed copy of the legend of Zelda. Um, and I, I forget the rating it had, but, um, and that only went for, I think it was like between five and 800,000 us dollars. Yeah. Right. So, so go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Can, no I, finish your thought. I was. It, it was. It, was uh, it sold off. for eight hundred and seventy thousand. Eight hundred and seventy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that maybe what I so, you know, maybe they're money laundering. I don't. I don't 
think so. But I, I think that what's happened here is like, um, so just a quick Google search, uh, Vincent Zerzolo, uh, holds action comics. Number one, which recently sold for $3.25 million, uh, making it the most expensive comic ever sold. Yeah. I, I think that video games are just sort of reaching that level of notoriety and ubiquity mm-hmm. that they are that like these big titles like um remember it was a few years ago uh sealed copy of uh super mario brothers like a first run copy of super mario brothers sold for like i think it was like three hundred thousand some and it was the number one it was the highest at, at that time those games like super mario brothers um the legend of zelda mario 64 those games that are like action comics number one level of video games we're gonna start to see that become more yeah and more so what Super Mario 64 is only 25 years old and it just had a bit of a re-release on the Switch last year. Um you, ju- you just mentioned a handful of older games that were in arguably very com- comparable uh quality um and is it just the timing of it? Because it just seems like somebody had some money burning in their pocket and they're like, or they went into it with so, a plan to like inflate. The... Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Go ahead. Do you guys remember that real evil guy who like, he, he raised like the price on like a certain pharmaceutical drug and then he bought like some oh, yeah. exclusive album of which there was only one copy. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Pharma bro. Yeah, and I'm forgetting his name. Martin's yeah. Martin Shkreli. Yeah, Shkreli. That's Martin Shkreli. There oh we go. God. Is oh. this is this has Martin Shkreli like faked his way out of jail? And did he purchase this copy of Super Mario sixty <laughs> four? Is Martin Shkreli secretly Jeff Bezos? Is he still we in jail? Uh, I mean, hopefully, I mean. Hopefully Honestly. he's still in jail, but I don't have faith in their legal system. <laughs> well, again, he or is a supervillain. He is a supervillain, so he could have pulled off some like you know uh, he, amazing. He does have. He does style. give like. He does give very like Lex Luthor like escape jail in a in a hot air balloon kind of yeah. vibes. I, I yeah. I'm looking at pictures. Yeah, I'm. I. I had completely erased like him it, from my memory and. Oh, like like a very uh, Gene Hackman Lex Luthor. Yeah. yeah. So he's still in jail, but on April twenty second last year, he made a request for a compassionate release. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> did they? Did he get it? Like he's he compassion. He's no. It doesn't That's look ironic. like it. He's got seven years though. He's not going to serve the whole seven. Okay. So yeah, I suspect not. And he's been in there almost four. Oh, man. Well, I, I hope that uh, this was not purchased by Martin Shkreli. I hope that this was <laughs> purchased by somebody who hopefully will take good care of it. And yeah, I suppose that's all you can hope for from somebody who buys a video game for $1.5 million. It's true. You know, okay. So I, and this is obviously didn't happen, but if I could, and and I, it doesn't matter what, like, what I think of this, but if I could pick who I wanted this game to go to, it would be Kelsey Lewin of Pink Gorilla Games. I like 
she has done such an amazing job with like preservation. Mm-hmm. And I think that it sh- her hands are the right hands for things like this to go into. Yeah. I'm I'm not entirely mm-hmm. familiar with her. She, oh, she's a so she's the co-director of gamehistory.org essentially. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yep, and she also owns uh she owns a used game store in Seattle called Pink Gorilla. That's oh, awesome. that's yes. sort of okay. like I, I um, know of her. Pink Gorilla is like I mean almost the US equivalent of um What's that? Potato games in in Tokyo. Super potato. Yep. Super potato. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost the U.S. equivalent of super potato. Got it. Got it. As far as like notoriety, not selection. Yeah. Um. Just to just to wrap things that you know, just to wrap this up a little bit. Um. We were just sort of going over what games we would spend money for, like kind of like that. I technically bought um 1080 avalanche for the gamecube twice um that one is tough to find so here's the thing so keep in mind this is canadian dollars um i had spent i i was going to spend about 70 bucks uh uh on i think it was facebook marketplace um you know what no it was ebay for this one i spent about 70 bucks on ebay for this one um and they claimed it shipped and everything and then it never arrived so i was just like well okay i guess uh i guess i gotta get my money back so i did the ebay refunded my money because it never arrived um and then on the weekend i went to a, a game store um in in midtown toronto area um and you know, they didn't have this on the shelf or anything like that. But I just asked the guy, hey, do you ha- by any chance have like a copy of 1080 Avalanche? Because I've been kind of looking for it. Um, and the the guy behind the counter said, uh, you know, uh, if it's not out here, we probably don't have it. But a, a guy was here recently and he's at, he's asked us for a favor to try and sell some of his games, you know, as like a you know, as a favor or whatever. So he went back and looked and sure enough, this was there. He sent it, he sent the guy a text and it, it only cost me $35 instead. That what? the only, the only problem is 35 Canadian, 35 Canadian dollars. Uh, so that's like 25 bucks for you. Um, oh the only God. problem is there's no book inside. The disc looks great oh. though. Um, yeah, but you know it's in the case, and the case is in decent condition. It's it's used, but um, yeah, uh, I... just c- comparing and contrasting like what I would pay for a video game versus what the most untouched video game ever would go for. It's kind of interesting. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I mean, like it's you, so you you made a point of saying it's used. I so I say that like oh yeah it would have to be an, an uh, like a factory sealed copy yeah. of, of one of those games. I, it honestly wouldn't be. I I don't think I would even want it mm-hmm. to be because I I very intentionally open all of my games. Like I I don't even just sit them on the shelf in the plastic until mm-hmm. I'm ready for them. I just I buy them even if I'm not going to play them right away. I open them just because like 
I, they're supposed yeah, to be they're, Well, yeah, they're supposed to be open, but also, um, for me personally, like, the few things that I have just bought, um, like, on eBay and stuff, like, over the years, like, trying to relive my childhood and, and stuff, I just always make sure it's, at the very least, complete in box. Because if I can get that, it's yeah, it's probably that... worth whatever money they're they're asking for, and or whatever eBay, whatever the auction on eBay goes up to, is probably worth that much anyway. Because um, the condition of it, as long as it's got the box and it's got the book and the inserts, it's fine. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, if I'm gonna pay, like I did with Super Mario Strikers, if I'm gonna pay more than retail then yeah, I, I want complete in box. But on the flip side, like if I'm going to find a deal like you did with yeah. 1080, it's like, no, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump on that without a book. I'll go find yeah, the book exactly. on eBay. You can find the book <laughs> on eBay for like five more bucks or something, right? So yeah. Yeah. And then you've got mm-hmm. a steal. Absolutely. Before we move on to our topic of the show this evening, I want two quickish updates on two other games that we all have been playing. Uh, Nathan, as you yep. know, over the course of the past couple of weeks, uh, I had been playing Astrobot Rescue Mission. I now actually Ooh. have the Astrobot Rescue Mission Platinum. Uh, it Sweet. was a little bit tricky to get some of those challenge missions at the end, but overall, it was a real fun time. Uh, you yourself, however, have been playing uh, your own experience in VR as of late, uh, that experience being Sniper Elite VR. Yeah, um, I got a review code for Sniper Elite VR, um, playing it on the PlayStation VR. Uh, It's a really good VR game. Um, I actually use the AIM controller, which you can buy with Firewall, and I think it initially came with Firepoint. I think it was called Firepoint. Um, Yeah. And this is the closest facsimile to playing. Do you remember the game Silent Scope that used to be in the arcades? You mean the thing that you have the big scope for? Yeah, the giant sniper rifle. And you'd like look in the rifle and there'd be like a separate screen in the scope Mm -hmm. as you were going around. This felt like that. As I brought, pulled the aim controller up and down, I'd have to try and get the scope into my eye. Um, And it felt like having that physical um, arcade experience, but definitely more than your traditional arcade experience. Um, uh, it takes place in World War II. Uh, you're um, an Italian um, trying to keep your city, f- um, a resistance member, trying to keep your city from being overrun. Um, and yeah, you take on this. It's not just sniping as well. You actually get into different um, guns and in, into more close quarters combat than just sniping. Um, but it's kind of cool and you can do explosives. It, it was a good time in VR. It's been a while since I've played a great VR game um, that's come mm. out. And this one, in fact, I played a really terrible one, which I'm not going to spend time talking about this week. <laughs> um, but um, this was like one of the best PS VR experience I've played in a while. They took a lot of care with it. It's coming on all the VR platforms, but it was a ton of fun. And the kill cam of when the bullet goes through the person's pretty cool. Cause it shows you it, what bones it's breaking in the or organs it's hitting as it's going through it's kind of like the motor combat x-ray stuff hmm. that used to happen back in the day yeah you um and in in one of the older games you can uh, shoot hitler in the testicle oh i did hear about that <laughs> i've never played one before so this was my first job at it i'll be honest um me personally the world wars two settings never done it uh like the like the war settings mm-hmm. um i would kill to see more of a contemporary thing where you're like 
working with the like the police on like high end takedowns of like thieves. Have you played L.A. Noir? Yes. Yeah, so I love L.A. Noir. <laughs> Wait, do you do that in L.A. Noir? It's been a long time. Takedown thieves and stuff. That's true. Yeah, but uh, I- yeah, no, it's a fun game. I'm just uh, kind of curious, Nathan. Are you playing this game with your PSVR unit attached to your PlayStation 5 or your PlayStation uh, 4? Because remember when my... the PS5 came out, I heard anecdotally that apparently like it ran kind of weird if you plugged it into your PlayStation 5. So I did all my Astrobot stuff actually with my old PlayStation 4 unit. No, connected to my PlayStation 5, no major issues. So, in fact, loading times were super fast. I think there's a small little power increase on the PSVR. Not enough to make it seem better, but still. Sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, and AJ, yep. I want you to give us all the update on a certain game called Motorsport Simulator. Yeah, so um, I, I previously, on a previous episode, talked about how, uh, you know, I'm kind of into Formula One these days. Um, I listened to... Uh, podcast called uh shift f1 starring the blinking white guy himself drew scanlon danny o'dwyer um greg miller's irish cream and rob zachney from waypoint um and and that that kind of got me into formula one and stuff um and and i've had motorsport simulator sitting kind of in my steam library for a while because you know (laughs) it's it, it's it's a fair, fairly hard game to to kind of get into but it's um if you if you like those uh the manage management type games did i write the wrong name down yeah motorsport it's not motorsport simulator it's motorsport manager that's the name oh of the game. dear yeah uh for a little oh. bit of background context uh, yeah. we here on Pressy maintain a couple of documents where we can write in what it is that we would like to talk about on the show aj wrote in motorsport simulator but yeah. in fact what he meant to talk about was motorsport manager yeah so i've had manager? i've had Management? that game motorsport manager sitting in my steam manager library. got it uh steam library not quite played very much uh because you know i just and and I ran into it again. the The tutorial is is very wordy, right? Um, very wordy and very, um, you know, it, it'll break it up into little sections. It'll pop up and say, "Oh, this this small area is for you know is how you control this, right?" And like, okay, next. And then it goes over. Oh, by the way, this thing over here is how you control that. And just like, okay, what? Let let's. How about we ease me into it rather than showing me this entire screen at once you know give me a scenario or or something to to figure it all out but you know i powered through it and i'm a couple races in uh, on a season uh of you know whatever the lowest tier racers are in that and uh i'm enjoying kind of making my way through it so um yeah it's 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 a good sit back and just click with the mouse on things and try to try to manage something simulating something else cool 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 yep all right uh with that out of the way let's delve right into tonight's topic of the show uh so for tonight uh we speculated long and hard on what we would do uh, and we decided on a fun little topic 
uh, we are going to be ascribing different video game franchises to uh, different gods within the Greek pantheon. Uh, what Greek gods, you might ask? Because as you might proclaim correctly, there are many, many Greek gods with the, within the pantheon. Uh, we are going to be going with seven Greek gods, uh, specifically uh, seven of the gods uh, that Grant Morrison based the DC um, superheroes off of in his run of DC Comics. So those gods being uh, Zeus, uh, Hera, Hades, Apollo, Athena, Hermes, and Poseidon. Um, as stated, the idea is that we're basically choosing a specific video game franchise that we feel best suits each of these seven gods. Uh, however, if any of us wants to make a case for just a very specific uh, video game and not an entire franchise, obviously I'm willing to hear that as well. So let's get right into it. What video game franchise do we feel best represents Zeus? Now, Zeus is a Greek god that we should probably all be very familiar with, even if we're not necessarily super familiar with, with the, um, you know, intricacies of Greek mythology. Um, in the wikipedia.org article for the 12 main Olympians, it says that Zeus is the king of the gods and ruler of Mount Olympus. He's the god of the sky, lightning, thunder, law, order, and justice. Uh, he is the youngest child of the titans Cronus and Rhea, or Kronos, depending on your translation preferences. Uh, he is the brother and husband of Hera and brother of Poseidon, Hades, Demeter, and Hestia. He's had many affairs with goddesses and mortals, such as his sister Demeter, the Titan Leto, mortals Leta and Alcmene, and more. So, and so, sorry, go ahead. You go. Um, just for, like, criteria, are we talking about, like, are we trying to liken them to some to someone, to to, like, Zeus, or are we trying to say, like, you know, of the video game, like, obviously, the idea of like, okay, Mario and Zeus are both like, as far as like prestige, mm -hmm. I guess what's, what's the criteria you're wanting to use here? Basically like what video game franchises do you feel like fully embody the, not just, I would say the prestige, but I would say also kind of the personality as well. The specific like physical okay. attributes and powers or like the best sort of combination of all these various things in tandem. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, with Zeus, you almost have to go to Mario. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, kinda it obvious. still applies. Yeah. Like, like it's like the grandfather. Like, you could make an argument for Donkey Kong, I guess, being the grandfather of Pac-Man. But it feels like the modern video game day age did start with Mario. And he's eclipsed and done more than any other video game character ever. Hmm. yeah and I, i'm trying to think of of who else it could possibly be just to like not just hand it to mario um but honestly like nothing comes to mind i mean like now, the thing about zeus right is you know as we know from his description he's a god who likes to have many affairs with both other gods and mortals and also if we want to you know delve deeper into greek mythology basically he uh, defeats his father chronos and the rest of the titans uh the kind of modern era of kind of the greek gods begins with the passing of the titans and him kind of taking his rightful throne and 
again, everything that we've said thus far about, you know, Mario being similar to Zeus is true, but I don't really think of the Mario franchise as sort of like this usurper, as this franchise that kind of like took over from this other franchise that was previously king and yeah. Maybe Grand Theft Auto. Ooh. As a franchise. I mean, and like Grand Theft Auto 5's still selling. Yeah. Uh, well, and like Grand Theft Auto 3 in particular was like kind of the usurper of like, yeah. like what Cozy was talking about. Um, it's I if we're going with that close of an analogous relationship with the with the greek gods it's going to be difficult to put any like optimistic games in here oh of course because there was just so much debauchery <sighs> related to the greek gods um but no I, I think grand theft auto is a good like grand theft auto is and always will be a force to be reckoned with absolutely in the industry absolutely mm. and and i mean they like there was a there was I guess I don't want to say like up to that point, it was basically Mario, but like it changed. That was kind of there was a change. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 3 was the moment when it was like when it became common knowledge amongst casuals, like people who don't play video games that like, oh, no, video games can possibly be for adults as well. Well, Yeah, that that, like because I always kind of attribute the one that took over to be vice city and not three like yeah because really? I, I don't know maybe it was just the timing of it but like grand theft auto 3 was big and, I, and you know i remember that right it came out just it, it came out just after 9 11 and i know they had to kind of before they did that kind of go back and change some stuff around yeah. Um, but then mm-hmm. Vice City came out and suddenly everybody wanted to be Scarface. I mean, I think that Vice City definitely proved that the first Grand Theft Auto wasn't a fluke. Like it, it basically it's it uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, my mistake. Uh, yeah. It, it proved it basically it cemented the success of the first game and showed that, oh, man, Rockstar Games can put out success after success and isn't prone to speed bumps like other developers are well and i would say that's right. the franchise like we don't even have to talk about three versus vice city if we're talking franchises i think that's fits that mold there yeah i mean and the the fact the the fact of repetition of like cozy what you were saying of like they proved it they proved that three wasn't a fluke and that they could repeat that success and and recreate it uh intentionally yeah. and so like they did it again with Vice City. They did it again with San Andreas, by the way, until five, the best Grand Theft Auto game. Um, and then they did it again with four. They did it again with Chinatown Wars, uh, Vice City Stories. Like mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto has proven again and again and again that it is like it, it is the video game. Yeah. At this point. Mm. All right. Well. We had our discussions long and hard about uh, whether or not Zeus is most like the Mario franchise or Grand Theft Auto. I think I'm most convinced that Zeus is Grand Theft Auto. Does anyone here want to make any more arguments in favor of Mario? All right. The motion stands. Zeus is Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto is Zeus.
for the next god, let's go ahead and let's talk about Hera. Uh, Hera is the queen of the gods and the goddess of marriage, woman, childbirth, and family. Uh, the youngest daughter of Kronos and Rhea, uh, the sister and wife of Zeus, uh, being the goddess of marriage, she frequently tried to get revenge on Zeus's lovers and their children. I I so I mean obviously the like the standout of like Hera is the most prominent Greek goddess yep. and I mean the the most prominent at least the the first really standout female uh video game hero was Lara Croft. Yeah, that's where I was kind of thinking the Tomb Raider franchise. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, like especially I mean those those first 3 Tomb Raider games were oh just so good. Um, I mean, Tomb Raider 2 in particular. And, and like they there was this huge discussion about like, no, no, no. Look at how incredibly powerful and intimidating Lara Croft can be while also maintaining like sex appeal. Hmm. Hmm. I Go ahead. My 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 only hesitancy is because of, is just you know how quickly we kind of came to that conclusion. Is it does does Tomb Raider fit just because the protagonist is a is a female or? I don't know. I understand what you're saying, AJ. Yeah. Like, did we go to that too quickly just because... Just because Lark, it, 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 it fits the a, cookie cutter or whatever. Yeah. I was going to go with a slightly different answer. I was going to okay. say Pokemon. And my reason being that I feel like Pokemon is a video game franchise that has spanned generations. It's a video game franchise that people have enjoyed as kids. Those kids have grown up and become adults. And now those adults have introduced Pokemon back to uh, their children. Uh, and I feel like for kind of crossing generations like that, for being the source of like many unions, like I feel like, you know, when you talk about video games that like break people apart you talk about games that people get really addicted to like world of warcraft or grand theft auto when you talk about games that bring people together uh games that like people theme weddings around i feel like pokemon is an example that you would go to for instance that and like you know other nintendo franchises like animal crossing or mario for example uh yeah <laughs> i i I definitely I see where you're going with that for sure. Um and I, I think that a similar argument could be made for Tomb Raider but obviously not to the same degree, but I think that also when taking Hera into account and and AJ I definitely understand your hesitancy. Um I I I would say you also have to account for the fact that Hera did, you know, what did lean a little harder into violence than I think it, it kind of like what we were saying with Grand Theft Auto. It's going to be hard to put any super optimistic and like family friendly games on this list because like seeking seeking vengeance on her husband's lovers yeah. is a pretty dark thing. Pretty violent. Yeah, thing. There's some pretty dark stories from Greek mythology of what ends up happening to them. And it's like, man, you didn't do anything wrong. Zeus is the one who's most at fault here. 
Does Pikachu catch any of Ash's lovers and kill them by electric shock? <laughs> you know, if he does, then I'm on board. <laughs> I mean, like in the Pokemon ap- anime, typically it's Brock that's hitting on people, and then Misty or Krogunk or any of Brock's other companions have to like basically chastise him for doing so. Pikachu typically is okay with other uh, women that show an interest in Ash. So I don't, yeah, not sure if that stands. Not sure if the comparison works. Okay. It's it's a difficult yeah, one. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think at the end of the day, Laura Croft, I would still put my vote towards just because like at this, Hera is a kick-ass female um, who... Uh, takes names and shoots. I didn't say that right, but you know what I mean. Takes names and shoots. <laughs> if, yep. Well, she wants to know who she killed. They're on the back of the box. <laughs> she needs to have a list I, later when uh, she needs to fix it. Um. So I, I I do agree with you, and I'm just gonna I'm I'm not like totally sold on this idea. I just kind of want to float this out there. And and again, like another female, but like Joanna Dark. Hmm. I mean, Perfect Dark is. She, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'm going back to I'm, I'm going back to Tomb Raider. Yeah, I think in the discussion of female-led video game franchises, I think that Tomb Raider is the probably the better option there. Not that there's anything wrong with Perfect Dark, but I think Tomb Raider like it exudes. It, it's more iconic. Yeah, it exudes a level of iconicness that few other female-led video game franchises have been able to achieve. I, I still I still think that there is something to my Pokemon argument, but I'm okay with ceding this to Tomb Raider. Uh yeah, I mean honestly I'm okay with either mm-hmm. as well. Like po- Pokemon, I I'll I'll leave it up to AJ and Nathan. Uh with what we've said, I think I'm with what's been said and, and the arguments made, I think I'm okay with Tomb Raider. Alright. Alright. Okay, then. Uh, the motion stands. Uh, Hera is Tomb Raider, and Tomb Raider is Hera. Uh, for our third Greek god, uh, I want to turn things downward and talk a little bit about Hades. Uh, much like Zeus, Hades is a Greek god that we should probably all be fairly familiar with. Uh, Hades, in ancient Greek religion and myth, is the god of the dead and the king of the underworld, with which his name uh, became synonymous. Hades was the eldest son of Cronus and Rhea, although his last son uh, to be regurgitated by his father. Uh, his brothers were Zeus and Poseidon. Together, they defeated the Titans alongside them and ruled the cosmos afterwards. Um, Hades basically received the underworld as a result of the conclusion of that battle. Uh, and he is often portrayed as being guarded by his three-headed dog, Cerberus. I'm guessing the the obvious like we should we should avoid the obvious new release of hades being in this spot that might be a little (laughs) i didn't even think about that one for that one that might be on the one a little i I didn't think about that either and two you're not the purpose of the of it is not to be hades yes right right um um sorry go ahead Oh no no no! You you, you go. I, I'm I'm jumping on these too too fast. I was gonna say well, and I'm doing the same thing. Honestly, um, I was gonna say Hades, um, potentially the Arkham trilogy, featuring Batman. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, it feels... see that. The problem is, is that it's a little on the nose. We talked at the very beginning of today's topic of the show about yeah. how we chose the Greek gods that we're talking about today based on the you know superheroes that Grant Morrison uh, chose when he did his DC Comics run. And... You know, in case you didn't know, Batman is basically the Hades equivalent in that universe. So it's kind of like, well, I mean, it works. It works. But so I want want to float this idea. And AJ, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Halo, because like Hades is like doomed to a tortured existence Mm -hmm. as a sacrifice for and and I mean that's exactly what Chief does. Is yeah. Like Chief's life will never be fulfilling or happy or good, and he makes that sacrifice for the good of humanity. Yeah, honest, honestly, that's hmm. that's exactly what kind of Halo no. is, and like in in an, uh, some sort of equivalency, the. I'm I'm going to dumb it down a lot, but Batman and his gadgets and Master Chief being able to use anything at his disposal to to do what needs to be done, you know, I I I see a, some parallels there as well. Um but oh, lo- yeah. lore-wise I... and everything and and philosophically, um absolutely, you're right on the money with that. Okay, so so we're talking Halo what about Doom? Oh God, Doom is tough. Oh man, Doom. because I so I love Doom lore, and the fact that at the end of Doom sixty four, Doom guy elects to stay in Hell to ensure that the gates of Hell are never opened again, and then in Doom Doom twenty sixteen, it's the same Doom guy, but he was like, he was like cemented in legend and so when when um they reopen the gates of hell he like he comes back it's the same it's still doom guy but like the legend of the doom slayer that's uh that's a really tough one i mean i'm i'm down for either of those because those are both really right on Mm. the note right on right on the money Hmm. so the the difference there would be like Hades was like damned to eternity there, right? Where mm-hmm. that fits more Master Chief, where Doom Guy chose that life as a self-sacrifice on purpose. And, and uh, you know, also, I, I think that a huge, um, as strange as it is to say about Doom Guy, a huge character uh, aspect of Doom Guy that makes him different from Master Chief is so much of it is self-motivation in the sense that like master chief it's like he he does his job because it's his job whereas doom guy a huge part of it is like it rip and tear until it is done because he likes to hmm hmm i I, aj i think you i think you brought me back to to master Hmm. chief yeah i don't uh there are no major games that are immediately coming to mind that I could offer up as a counterpoint to either Halo or Doom. I was trying to think of like, what are some games that everybody over the course of their life eventually ends up playing? Because I was trying to think like, 
philosophically, conceptually of like, you know, Hades is the ultimate destination of everyone in the universe. Everybody dies. Everybody goes to the underworld, goes to Hades. And so like, what are some games that are so ubiquitous that even, you know, relatively, you know, casual players inevitably end up playing them. But I think... I, I wait, think wait, wait, wait. I'm just going to make this last pitch based on what you just said, Cozy. Mm-hmm. What if it was just mobile games? Hmm. I don't play mobile games. Just for the casual that everybody plays and they end up there. I don't know. I was going to say something like Candy see. Crush or I, no, Angry I see, Birds. I see where you're going with that. Anger, you know what? Okay, I said I don't play mobile games. I did play a lot of Angry Birds back in like 2010. Yeah. But the problem right now, right, is I'm trying to think like what is like a mobile game franchise? Because because I don't want to go super general and just say all uh, mobile games. What's an a mobile game franchise or maybe a mobile game genre? that everybody inevitably gravitates towards a match three puzzle. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that, but I hate to be a hypocrite because I don't, I've never played a match. Three. Son of a bitch. Gotcha games, games with gotcha mechanics where you got to roll and see if you got a super XL gold embossed <laughs> critter Ga- that you can use in your RPG battle. Games where the the main <laughs> core of it is incredibly shallow, and you have to go back to a hub city and build <laughs> buildings and wait for timers to tick down until you gather the resources required to go and do the really shallow main activity again. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Homer yeah. Simpson? Yeah, exactly. Tapped out. Hmm. I don't know. You know what? I'll still default back to Halo. I think on this, but I just want to throw that out there and see thoughts. All right. Uh, majority stands. Uh, Halo is Hades and Hades is Halo. It's too bad that Halo is just four letters, because if it was five letters, it would almost be like a perfect comparison. Um, that would be too good. Yeah. Doom uh, is four so letters. Uh, we uh, went ahead and assigned Grand Theft Auto to Zeus and now Halo to Hades. Let's go ahead and discuss uh, Zeus and Hades' brother, Poseidon. Uh, Poseidon, again, another very popular Greek god. He is the god of the seas, waters, storms, hurricanes, earthquakes, and horses, for some reason. Uh, The middle son of Kronos and Rhea, uh, the brother to Zeus and Hades. Uh, He was married to the near-eyed Amphitrite. I don't think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Although, as with many of the... Uh no, it's it's not Aphrodite. It's Amphitrite. Okay, it's, cool. Yeah, th- there are a lot of I's and a lot of T's and a lot of R's in there. Actually, there's only one R. Anyways, uh, <laughs> although with many of the Greek gods, he had many lovers. Hmm. And now I feel like it's easy with this one to be like, oh man, let's go with a water themed video. Echo game, the dolphin. Like Wave race sixty four or Echo the dolphin. Um, so, so but, how about Zelda? Because of the stupid water temples. Uh, let's not call those stupid. I love the water temple. <laughs> I like the water temple in Twilight Princess where you have to like swim real deep to get to it. Yeah, that one's great. Yeah. Maybe it's the one in North Arena that uh, still gives me nightmares. Um Okay. I I'm well, honestly, of of the Zelda water temples, Great Bay is the most difficult in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, 
So the thing, so I, I, I agree with you, Cozy, that it's so tempting to just go straight to a water themed game. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just like recency bias, but like not water, but still kind of the vast ocean of space mass effect. Ooh, I like that. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, the many lovers. Yeah, there's lots of lovers. Are there horses? <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a lot of loving in Mass oh, Effect. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> and unlike, I mean, well, I, I actually don't know this with certainty, but, you know, it, it, Zeus's lovers carry a certain negative uh, stigma, whereas with Poseidon, you don't really hear about Poseidon being an awful lover, really, in the same or way. Or having a rapist. murderous... Yeah. Um, wife well because underwater everybody's wet anyway so i'm not familiar that's not what i've heard actually is that not what that okay (laughs) no yeah i'm not familiar with uh poseidon's uh many lovers in greek mythology if i'm completely incorrect on this you're more than free to let me know uh but i mean yeah i definitely get the mass effect comparisons for sure uh i was actually thinking something maybe more in the realm of something like the Civilization video game series, because obviously, yes, Poseidon, the god of the seas, but he's also the god of storms, hurricanes, and earthquakes, natural disasters. And, you know, I feel like that just sort of calls to mind video games where you really have a tremendous level of control over, you know, the outcome and progress of civilizations, both on the macro and micro scale like civilization well what if as as you were reading that i was thinking of like rts is like potentially like age of empires mm. sorry nathan oh sorry ahead. i didn't mean to interrupt my apologies what about no 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 sim city or roller coaster tycoon if we're man talking to... sim city 2000 because you just create your city and then you create disasters yeah Hmm, that's actually... I loved SimCity 2000, and I haven't thought about that game in a long time. That's intriguing. Hmm. I'm fine with... I'm fine with any of those RTS Civ games. I'm fine with Mass Effect. It's it's up to you guys. Hmm. I, I think that there's a really good argument for both. I think in the realm of action adventure games, I would go Mass Effect over Zelda. Uh, I think in the realm of like RTS strategy games, I would go SimCity over Civilization again because of the whole like natural calamity stuff. And so I feel like, at least for me, the discussion is SimCity versus Mass Effect. I don't know where you guys are at. Yeah. Um I want to throw this out there. I mean and and maybe this is just superfluous but like City Skylines. I haven't played that is game. It's a, really good. You need yeah, to I mean play it's it. a better Sim City. Well, everything's a better Sim City after Sim City 2013. I like that game. Yeah. It's installed on my computer. <laughs> what? It's installed right now on my computer. It runs so fast now. It ran so terribly when I got it. Oh, my God. But now my computer it runs great. That game came out like the day before <laughs> my birthday. And I, the day it came out, I went into the my local EB Games and canceled it day of because of all the online controversy bullshit. Because fuck that. Anyway. It was fine. No. <laughs> Incorrect. Hmm. It killed SimCity if that's it. It, it, it killed, killed SimCity. Sim City. Killed SimCity. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't even City Skylines that killed SimCity. It was SimCity yeah. that killed itself. <laughs> yeah. It, EA took it out to the shed and shot it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like they do with basically everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm easy either way. Um, you guys pick on this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave this to you to you and uh, AJ Cozy. AJ, this is Hi. how are you feeling? <laughs> Everything rests on your shoulders now. Okay, <laughs> Cozy's just like, oh, I'll, I'll leave this one to you, AJ. Yeah, <laughs> just everyone's okay, bowing just get, out. Give me my options again, real quick. Just run run them down. Right now, we're angling Mass Effect or SimCity. I think Mass Effect should go prob probably somewhere else, so I'm I'm gonna go with SimCity here. All right, all right. I think that's a good fit. All right. I'm actually a little bit surprised because obviously you quite enjoy the Mass Effects yourself. Yeah, and I thought that yeah, I I, I have also enjoyed SimCities. Um, except 2013. Except 20. Fuck that. Um. Now, okay. Now, is it SimCity specifically, or should it just be like city builders? I, I think we want to hone in on the on SimCity on the original. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, I think it's the original. And let's be honest, there were a ton of great entries yeah. in the SimCity franchise. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there were. There have been more really amazing SimCities than there have been even like not amazing sim cities like i wouldn't even say sim city reboot is bad it just wasn't what people wanted oh no it's time. bad they, they fixed a lot of what people didn't want they made it offline and they well, fixed it, things they advertised a lot of things that i was looking at i i was in college when that game came out and i was studying economics and like they're advertising like oh yeah you'll like set up the utilities to like influence the economic systems and i'm seeing that game and i'm thinking like oh my god and then it comes out and it's like that doesn't it really, doesn't actually it's not yeah, in the game it doesn't so. actually happen weird yeah all right okay. well the motion stands sim city is poseidon and poseidon is sim city uh let's move on next to athena uh this is the goddess of wisdom handicraft and warfare uh she's the daughter of zeus and the oceanid metis uh she rose from her father's head fully grown and in battle armor. Her symbols are the owl and the olive tree. I don't know immediately what uh, Athena should be, but I feel like considering that Zeus was Grand Theft Auto, that Athena should probably be a open world franchise that like learned a lot from Grand Theft Auto and like upon its first entry was like a success out of the gate as a result of it learning from said franchise. Assassin's Creed. I like that one. My my thing though is that it did take a while for Assassin's Creed to become the open world franchise that we now know it as. Just Cause. Just Cause. I've not played a Just, Just Cause, Cause game. Oh man. Uh so Just Cause is basically like the I mean the elevator pitch for Just Cause is like uh Bollywood Grand Theft Auto in Colombia with a hookshot. Yeah. Hmm. And like, and, and there's so much of that Grand Theft Auto DNA in Just Cause. And 
what you mentioned of like, um, you know, Rose fully fledged, like, and, and like Just Cause didn't really catch traction mm. commercially until Just Cause 2. But like, I played Just Cause 1 the day it came out, and that game was fantastic. Mm. See, my only thing is that I know that like Just Cause 3 and 4 didn't quite hit in the same way that 1 and 2 did. And like, again, to go back to the DC superhero pantheon, within that pantheon, Athena is supposed to be Wonder Woman, who is, you know, one mm-hmm. of the Holy Trinity. No, she's not. Oracle. Hera's Wonder Woman. Oracle. Okay. That's fair. All right. All right. I'm not as familiar with DC as you guys, so. All right. My mistake. My bad. Oh, no. You are probably more familiar with DC than I am. Uh, <laughs> Let's, my, my po- I'm going to be real. Regardless, I, I just, I can't help but, I think that it's a good comparison. I just can't help but wonder if there's another franchise that we could go with. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I and like Just Cause was kind of a stretch, mm. honestly. Um, I don't know. What are some other open world games that we could go with that come to mind? I mean, there's there's Far Cry. <sighs> yeah, Which, Far Cry. Far Cry would be good. Um, it, Far Cry took a little bit to get going, though, would be my only thing. Mm. My only knock against Far Cry, because I again, I, I played Far Cry from the very beginning, but I know that for Far Cry one in particular, and then even to an extent with two, I was, I was kind of, a uh, I was kind of in a, a little bit of a small club. Like it, there weren't a whole lot of people playing those games prior to Far Cry three. Hmm. What about Red Dead Redemption? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. As an open world Because game. that one is literally and the is lineage so, of- like grand theft auto yeah grand theft auto i mean if we want to be and by the way yeah go ahead two well two entries three if you count undead nightmare yeah all of them absolutely do you you also count red dead revolver i was gonna say oh okay thank you and okay four thank you and i can't believe that i forgot that because i for the longest time refused to call redemption 2 red dead 2 because i called it red dead 3 because i loved red dead revolver i bought red dead revolver like four years ago on the playstation network and i i got a few levels into it and it it's not a bad game but i'm like this is not it's not a good game this is not a this is not a rockstar style game uh well which obviously makes sense because it wasn't it was developed by another external (laughs) studio that was then absorbed into rockstar after the game's completion right uh but i think like Red Dead Revolver side, I actually think that works really well. I'm totally down to have it be Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I, I I like I like the idea of Red Dead. And like, you know what? Not even not even setting Revolver aside. I love Revolver. I, I think Revolver is an excellent uh standalone game and then also set a set a really great stage of like this was a kind of a test bed for can the western genre work in a video game and the answer was a resounding yes mm. all right uh nathan 
you have to uh, drop out of the podcast pretty soon. So we're going to try to do our best to wrap up these next two gods real quick. Uh, if you have to drop out at any point, however, uh, that is mm-hmm. totally fine. We'll do our best to kind of wrap things up and keep in mind what it is that and- you might have possibly would have voted for. And also just uh, remember to send me your audio right away. Yes, I will do that. All right. So without further ado, uh, Minerva is Red Dead Redemption and uh, Red Dead Redemption is Minerva. Let's talk next about Apollo, the god of light, the sun, prophecy, philosophy, archery, truth, inspiration, poetry, music, arts, manly beauty, uh, medicine, healing, and the plague. Uh, The son of Zeus and Leto and the twin brother of Artemis. His symbols include the sun, the bow and arrow, the lyre, the swan, and the mouse. AJ, thank you so much for saving Mass Effect. You're the real You're MVP. <laughs> this is kind of what I was thinking. Hmm. And I mean, <laughs> Apollo, think about it. Space. It all fits. Yes. Hmm. I'd be fine with I that. I mean, just read that description yeah. again. That describes Mass Effect to a T. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, and like a whole uh, the whole point of Apollo, right, is like he rides around in a chariot every day and carries the sun with him, or maybe he chases the sun or whatever. The point is, is that, you know, very intrinsic to his character is him riding through the sky, which obviously is a huge component of Mass Effect with the Normandy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nate. Good, good move. Good, good foresight there, AJ. Mass Effect. Yeah, do you have any arguments against this, Nathan, or are you... No, I'm fine with Mass Effect, actually. We've we've already argued Mass Effect, and I think this is actually a better fit than where we were talking about before. So, hmm. no, I'm fine with this. All right. Well, that was surprisingly quick. Uh, in uh, Without further That's ado... That's what my wife said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apollo is Mass Effect, and Mass Effect is Apollo. Uh, finally, last, but certainly not least, we have Hermes. Uh, Hermes is the messenger of the gods, the god of travel, commerce, communication, borders, eloquence, diplomacy, thieves, and games. Uh, he was also the guide of souls of the dead. Uh, the son of Zeus and the nymph Maya, uh, the sen- second youngest Olympian, just older than Dionysus. Uh, his symbols uh, include the caduceus, uh, which is a staff entwined with two snakes, uh, wing sandals and a cap, uh, a stork, and the tortoise. Diablo. I thought Diablo, like... I thought when Diablo I for like Hades, think... but that was like too literal, but. No, I like that, especially because you're talking about currency and a, commerce. A, a, yeah. An even more yeah. literal comparison would be Sonic. It, well, no, and Sonic was going to be my aspect. go-to because, yeah, because whenever you think Hermes, like if, if we're going to break the fourth wall and talk about the DC Justice League lineup, Flash was obviously the Her- Hermes mm-hmm. right. um, counterpart. Yes. Um, but I was starting to think about commerce and I was starting to think like games that created their own commerce systems. Yeah. Um, Diablo definitely came to mind and, and that's, I was leaning heavily on the commerce system too. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Continue. So, uh, so Diablo world, world of Warcraft, um, or what's that space MMO that created its own star citizen, star citizen, the one that had the dust Eve spin-off Eve Eve online Eve mm. online yeah um 
So I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't know the game that well. Counter Strike. Hmm. Hmm. Because that's a game that not only created its own commerce system, but also is entirely about speed. There is literally a video online uh, or on YouTube uh, from Linus Tech Tips in which they use a uh, high speed camera to determine whether or not high, higher refresh rate and like more frames per second uh, gives a tactical advantage in Counter-Strike. And the answer is yes. Um, yes. All the way up to like no, uh, we're not talking like 30 versus 60. We're talking like 144 versus 240. like 220. Yeah. yeah, 240. And and the answer is even at that speed, yes, the, the human eye can can detect and react with that extra information. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I actually am feeling the Diablo comparison a lot more. Uh if only because so like obviously uh, Hermes is the god of communication borders uh diplomacy uh thieves games um the diplomacy aspect you know got me thinking like over the past two decades we've seen so many video game genres that previously did not feature like looting mechanics or loot or like rpg mechanics like take on both and i feel like uh diablo was a video game franchise that very much I think popularized those sorts of mechanics and, you know, led other video game uh, franchises to adopt them. It effectively kind of served as a means of communication. It kind of brought the video game like genre together in that way by, you know, allowing those sort of aspects of games to flourish, if that makes any sense. Mm hmm. No, that's a good argument. I'm I'm on board with Diablo. Yeah. I think Diablo is a good choice. No, I, I agree with Diablo. I think it's a good fit for it. Hmm. All right. AJ, do you have any counter arguments or? Nope. I, I mean, it was the first thing that came to mind after that description. So I think I think. I think we're all kind of in agreement. I, it, it was like the first thing that came to mind for all yeah. of us. Yeah, that's a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong pull for yeah. it. All right, then. Well, the motion stands. Hermes is Diablo, and Diablo is Hermes. I believe that I said uh, Diablo wrong a second earlier. I said Diablo instead. My apologies for that. You. Uh, all right. Well, that's all seven of the Greek gods that we originally decided on. Uh, to quickly go them over once more, uh, Zeus uh, is Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Hera is Tomb Raider. Uh, Hades uh, is Halo. Uh, Poseidon uh, is SimCity. Uh, Athena uh, is Red Dead Redemption. Apollo is Mass Effect. And uh, Hermes, last but not least, is Diablo. Uh, Nathan, I want to thank you for joining us today. I know that you have to go tout sweet. That means right away in French. So you're more than free to drop out now if you need to. Yeah, no, uh, delayed. thanks for coming on the podcast again, Patrick. We really enjoy having you here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Happy to do it. And uh, always, always fun to have a good conversation with you guys yeah this is a really abstract talk topic and i'm glad that we had some really insightful conversation about this and um it's just not like mario and zelda and tetris yep uh, yeah. yeah there's some oh god how did we not put tetris in there <laughs> i mean yeah the 12 we could expand it to the 12 olympians if you really want the full 12 <laughs> maybe we'll uh we'll do that as like our post show 
How about yeah, that? Yeah, you can do it. Well, you got 15 <laughs> minutes till the, you got to rate us anyway, so. Yeah. All right, then. Well, I'll go ahead and cue the outro. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning into this episode of Press YZ. If you enjoyed what you just heard, be sure to share and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitch. You can also check out at Press YZ on Twitter to stay up to date and when we go live and join us on Discord at invite.gg slash PressYZ to keep the conversation going. Uh, Patrick uh, the Law Morris, uh, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, so you can see everything I do all in one spot over at coldnorthpro.com. You can find me on YouTube at Cold North Productions. Uh, just make sure to subscribe. I put out videos. Um, I've been trying to get videos out on Tuesdays and Fridays, and then I've also got a podcast that usually goes up on Wednesdays, but we've missed the last couple weeks, but um yeah everything i do coldnorthpro.com cool 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 uh next week's topic of the show is tbd uh please await on that uh and until next time we want to thank you for playing